Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Malik Willis, Liberty Pro Day workout on Tuesday. There he is, dodging the that the. Uh, look at that throw, man! That's a throw because he, you know, he's not really set. Doesn't have the base under him, and uh, he fires that ball. Chris, what would you make of him overall? Uh, impressive, really is. He's a guy that every time I see him, I like him more and more. I really do because again, I think he's a natural thrower. I like his throwing motion and how he throws the football better than I like Justin Fields or Trey Lance last year. I do. I think the guy, you know, what, he, what he's shown to me post-college is the fact that the, some of the questions I had about some of the mechanics or the throwing motion itself have already kind of been cleaned up to make me go, oh, okay, all right. He's, it's not only coachable, but, you know, it is a natural throwing motion to where he can work out kind of the kinks. Uh, he's got a big-time arm like we talked about the other day. The other thing you look at him, Mike, I mean, his, you, know, you know me, legs and butt. I mean, what a pair of legs and butt for a quarterback. That's where the running is real. I mean, big, square shoulders, strong back. I know everybody thinks the guy with the big pecs and the big biceps in the weight room is a strong guy. No, the guy with the big butt and big legs and big back, he's the guy you don't want to fight in the weight room. That's the guy. You know, I, I, Mike, tell me if I'm crazy. You know, Again, you know, he's got a real effect running the ball because I think he's going to be able to quarterback design runs, follow guys, do that. But I really think he's going to be a great – scrambler and set up and launch balls like we saw there. He reminds me the more I watch him a little bit of Steve McNair more and more. It's funny. It's because I was thinking of him too, because he was classic country strong, right? Big legs and butt. Yeah. Big bodied, right? Never lifted a weight. Right. Right. Square but shoulders could move away from pressure. No doubt. Yep, yep, that's good. That's good. Bre- yep. Break tackles. I mean, he breaks a ton of arm tackles. Uh, that's really where I look at him. And, and again, now, I love this kid's ceiling, what I should say. You know, I know I made Corral 1, Pickett 2, uh, Willis 3, but uh, I danced around with the idea of maybe making Willis 2. Willis is not as good as Pickett right now. There's just things, a few things in Willis's game that I'd like to see, You know, like I talked about the other day. There's not a lot of plays of reading the defenses. There's not a lot of plays of going through progressions. 
You know, the offense itself made it just, hey, here's a go route. Oh, just throw the slant route here. Oh, just throw to this guy running the five-yard out route. That's like all there was to it. There was not a lot of system quarterback play. That's what scares you a little bit or why I didn't do that. But uh, I think his overall talent is is something you can be excited for and certainly think he's a first-round talent. And I don't know, the more you look at it, I just go Seattle, Pittsburgh. It just seems like the perfect places for a guy like Malik Willis. Or Carolina, which is desperate for a franchise quarterback, and the only way they're going to get one is to draft one. They sit at six. I, You know, people say all these quarterbacks aren't good enough to be drafted high. The problem is quarterbacks get overdrafted yes. because if you're desperate for yes. a franchise quarterback, it's the only place you're going to get one involuntarily. You otherwise got to lure them to come to you, and they can't lure them to come to Carolina. I, right. I, I Well, that's, that's what I don't get sometimes. You know, again, I, I, I don't get that, how some years it's that way. And you're right. First off, they should be overdrafted. Years where nobody learns, where I go, well, wait, this guy was overdrafted, but nobody cared. This guy was underdrafted, but we're not going to talk about it. You know, I, I'll always sit here and go, wait, Mahomes was drafted at 11. Tua was drafted at five. You tell me how that makes sense. You know, again, so that year, everybody miscalculated that class with Watson and Mahomes. They were way better. They should have been one and two. So you're right about that. And, you know, Mike, I'm glad you brought up Carolina. Just real quick on that. Do we really think Carolina is going to draft a quarterback? Do you really think that Matt Rule in his last year maybe is going to want to go with a rookie quarterback? Do you think David Tepper knowing this might be Matt Rule's last year, is going to let him make a decision to pick the quarterback of the future? That's one I have a hard time kind of wrapping well, my head around. Well, well, first of all, the Bears did it last year, and they I know. traded up. I know. Dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. <laughs> right. I, think that, I think that Tepper is so intent on getting a franchise quarterback, and he is probably miffed at the fact that you know Deshaun Watson told him no thanks twice last year and this year. Uh, I don't know that they were ever a player for Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know why Russell Wilson would want to go there, given the broader circumstances. I think that from Tepper's perspective, he just wants the franchise quarterback. And if it saves Matt Rule, so be it. If it doesn't save Matt Rule, Tepper, I think, believes he'll go find a coach that will get the most out of this quarterback. You know, Tepper is still relatively new to this thing. and, And Tepper is the example of great businessman, who's been wildly successful in something other than football, and he thinks the skills are more transferable than they are. But he's still fairly new to this. And I think he's got to learn some of these lessons the hard way. And the next phase may be, I'm me, the owner, picking the quarterback. I'm making the decision here. And if I end up making a coaching change, then I'll trust that I'll find a coach who really wants to work with this guy, even though that's one of the realities of football when you change coaches you may get a guy who really really isn't all that fond right. of the quarterback so right. you're going to have a, a, a bad marriage from the get-go but that coach isn't going to tell you that because he wants to be an NFL head coach right I know that that's the scary thing you know it, it, in fact you know that's what Matt Nagy got in Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> which is funny and I felt like he never went in and so we got Matt Nagy with two different instances there of either way you want to look at it but I, I know and I can I, it, you bring up some good points there, and I don't know the way David Tepper has operated. Uh, you, you might have swayed my thought there a little bit that yeah, maybe they would still yeah, do quarterback. Um, but th- that to me, if they think quarterback too, the other thing I look at and go, you know, again, I think Matt Corral is the best of the group. Fits in any offense. You know, he's got an incredible 
you know, ceiling and all that. But as far as, you know, orchestrating a total NFL offense right now at this moment, that's where Kenny Pickett's the guy that's ready to go. Uh, you know, we saw them show great interest, but I don't think he doesn't wow me. Malik Willis wows me. I watch film of him and study him, and a few times every game I go, wow. Now, there's some other plays where I go, oh, uh, he's better than that. He should miss that. How does he not see that guy? He's wide open. It's the first read. Those are the things he needs to clean up. Matt Corral wows me a lot. Kenny Pickett, I just go, good, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. Never any bad. Good, 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 but I never go, wow. And that, to me, would scare me about drafting oh. a quarterback that high, too. So here's where David Tepper's business experience, I think, becomes relevant. He yeah. made his billions taking chances he went buy low sell high find the wows he's looking for the wows and I think it makes him more willing and more inclined to go for a guy that may have that superstar potential because if he doesn't I'll have another chance two three four years from now to do it again but once I get that guy that that fulfills the wow I got a wow quarterback for 10 or 15 years look at the Chiefs look at the Browns now, look at the Bills, look at the teams Definitely. that have that guy. Definitely. I'm willing to roll the dice because one of those guys is going to be the guy. Right. You're, you're probably right. And, and you're right. Those guys, Joe Burrow, Herbert with the Chargers, they've told, you know, you said all the other guys, they've changed our thoughts of the organization. Yeah. And other teams that we looked at and were like, eh, and now we're like, damn, they're so cool. They're awesome. So uh, you might be onto something there. And you kind of changed my mind a little bit through that conversation. Thank you. Let's take a break when we return. See, I'm not selfish when it comes to things like that. I'm willing to share my views. <laughs> a couple of veterans finally found a home yesterday. We'll play a round of name or game with some other free agents that are still out there. We'll do that next on PFT Live. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Tua has the ability to throw with the ball with different angles. I think Tua's actually a better athlete. They're both fragile. So uh, he doesn't have an advantage there either. They're both. You, you, your backup quarterback's as fragile as the guy that started. Uh, that's the other thing there, too. So... Yes, I am. What the hell is fragile? Fragile, fragile, fragile. fragile. This is fragile. Okay. Fragile. Fragile. Ah, Fragile. It must be Italian. I'm emphasizing the words and the enunciation there. Well done. Very well done. Um, (laughs) Yes. And you know what? I did hear from some people, especially folks who saw the program on Sky Sports. People say it that way, right? Fragile is the way they say. I know. I There's, that's why fragile. I kind of fragile. Yeah, I know. I've heard people say that way though too before. That's why I wasn't like, wait, I don't think I'm as far off, even though I don't trust. How, my... how dare we defer to the people who originated the language? How dare <laughs> yeah, we? Yeah. How dare we? Uh, all right, uh, Ter- Teron Armstead or Teron Armstead. Come on, if we're going to do alternative right. pronunciations. Teron Armstead and the Dolphins agree to a five-year deal, reportedly worth seventy-five million, not quite the twenty million per year that he was looking for. But that's what happens in free agency. Sometimes your expectations are higher than they should be. You end up on the market for a week, and it was smart for him to get it done because the money is really going to be restricted now that we get into week two. So he gets the deal done with the Dolphins. He turns 31 in July, eight seasons as the starting left tackle for the Saints 
Never started all 16 games in a season. Missed nine last year with a knee injury, including the Final Four. Had knee surgery in January. Should be ready for training camp. Your thoughts on Teron Armstead joining the Dolphins' offensive line? Well, we know that is something that needed to be upgraded for the Dolphins, right? Hopefully this is a, a deal that hit the, the sweet spot for both sides here. Because it, it had been tremendously risky for the Dolphins to pay Teron Armstead $20 million or north of $20 million a year. There is a, an injury history. We talked about this a lot lately. You know, the aging veteran, you know, who's got an injury history like J.J. Watt. We, talked, we used him as that guy last year, and I think we, there was somebody else we brought up too. That, that, there is – that's a roll of the dice, and that's why you don't want to pay that big money. But at the same time, it is a desperate need for that football team. And when you talk about Mike McDaniels and his offense – Right, you talk about oh, hey, that you know Trent Williams was San Francisco left tackle. Not only what he does in the pass game, but more importantly for that team, what he does in the run game is why they want him. So yes, it it, it makes sense for them. That was a desperate need, and certainly a, a position group that needs to be shored up down there in Miami. It's just there is going to be that risk. Armstead's a little different than your normal franchise left tackle. You've seen franchise left tackles, Mike. Those are guys that are like, you know. They're the, the most naturally big guys you've ever seen in your life. It, it's just like they, they didn't have to work out that hard or do anything to be 6'7", 335. They just, they're like that. And mom and dad are gigantic and probably could have played in the NFL too. Armstead's a little different in the fact that he's a little narrower. He's 305 pounds. And, you know, that's, that's a little scarier, but I think it's the desperate need there and the fact that they need that left tackle, you know, good by them and hopefully the money's right. Yeah, it was that Larry Tunsil trade that brought them a lot of return a couple of years ago, and they're hoping to deal with that that aspect of the offensive line and get the team better. Two straight years with winning records. We'll see if they can build on it. The Vikings snags Darius Smith. He had a deal last week with the Ravens. It fell apart, but he didn't have another alternative. He had to go looking. The Cowboys had showed some interest. The Vikings end up getting him in the building and getting it done Three years, 42 million. I got a text from Paul Allen last night. I guess he met him or saw him somewhere. You know, impressive physical specimen. But back problem. Ooh. Back problem is the red flag. Back for Especially for a guy that is taking on the Teron Armsteads of the world and larger tackles and, and taking that pounding. 18 snaps is all he played last year because of that back injury. So this is a calculated risk for the Vikings. Now, now three years, 42 million is the report. I was told last night that this may be another one of those where when you see the details, it won't quite be three years, $42 million. So we'll see. But even then, it's a significant expenditure by the Vikings, and, and it is a risk because of the back injury from last year. Definite risk. I mean, it, it fits right in there with what we just talked about again, too. And a guy that's, you know, early 30s, then you start to go, whoa, or at least, you know, got some wear and tear on the tires there to go, wow, to pay that kind of money. Now... We know the Daniil Hunter, the rumors out there, they're trying to trade him. Doesn't really fit the 3-4 type defense. Not going to be able to do the stand-up outside linebacker stuff, maybe to the capacity Zadarius Smith can. Zadarius Smith is all he's been in is these 3-4 type defenses, whether in Baltimore or in Green Bay. So it's a system fit. It makes sense there. They obviously felt like, they needed some sort of difference maker on their front because they don't have that right now. That's for sure. So to me, it seems a little high priced, but you're right. Let's see what the numbers are. But there is definitely some risk here with that type of injury. 
He turns 30 on September 8th, but okay. again, it's not the age as much as it is the injury. That is the key. It's, and, and so uh, the Vikings try. And, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. I, you pair Zadarius Smith with Daniel Hunter, you got a formidable pass rush to. I, I just, I get, I still have the feeling Hunter's not going to be there. I, it seems like that, right? That's what I, it feels like. And I would think Daniel Hunter, as athletic as he is, I mean, you know, if you wanted to do three, four things, do we think he really can't stand up in a two-point stands and drop back into coverage over here every now and then? I would think they can manage a way to figure out how to get that guy to figure out some hey, of those things. All he's got to do is put his hands straight up in the air. Good luck getting the yeah, ball right? past him. Yeah, he's seriously. huge. He is. All right. Uh, name or game. We'll play that next here on this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. The game is name or game. These big-name veterans are still on the free agent market at this point. Are they more name or do they still have game? Let's do as many as we can here in our limited time because we talk too much for the first 100 minutes of the program. Selfish. Bobby Wagner, he was, he was, we were selfish with our time. He was cut by the Seahawks before free agency even began. He had a head start. Still no team for Bobby Wagner. Name or game, Chris, he turns 32 in June. Uh, game still he's still got game he does I mean he's not the superstar he once was but I gotta think right what I with Bobby Wagner is just that maybe he's overpricing himself on the market right now and that's why he's not having a job but man this is still a really good football player who did not show signs of like falling off the cliff or anything like that here so uh, I still think there's game left in Bobby Wagner well, and I, I think from his perspective, and I don't know this, yeah. but there's a number that you'll take now, and if you're not at that number, he can wait. Yeah, why, right. why rush? Right. But but generally, inside linebackers are not getting much interest on the open market this year, and the ones who have signed, like you know, Miles Jack, who kind of fell out of the sky for the Steelers, not a huge deal for him. Uh, plenty of inside linebackers available, though, that, that just aren't getting much, if any, interest at all. Stephon Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year in 2019, available. Turns 32 in September. Had two interceptions in eight games last year with the Panthers. Uh, name or game? Like, it, it, okay, it's it's a little name here. I, I, again, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like this because I don't like to sound disrespectful. This guy's still a good player. But is he going to be like on an island, shut down your best receiver in the game anymore? No, that, that that to me has gone. Still real good, got value, definitely. But like I, I in your perfect world, you want him to be your second corner right now as he comes down the home stretch of his career. That that's what he is. But you don't want him to be your main guy to go. Oh, go lock up, you know, Jamar Chase here. That that, that he's not there anymore. Yeah, is he a guy that you think later in his career could could make a slide to safety? We've seen some guys do that. He he is a, he is he is a tackler. He is not afraid to tackle and throw his body around. He'd be a guy that I'd look at to go. He could definitely do it. There's the, there's a physical nature in his game uh, that some of the top cover corners don't have. That you go, no, I, I could see this guy doing it. He can. I mean, the New England expected him to make tackles on the edge of the defense and stop the run game and do all that. And same, same with up in Buffalo. So I, I do think he's a guy that could have that on the radar, Mike. Tyron Matthew, after three years with the Chiefs, he turns 30 in May. The Chiefs have clearly moved on. Is it name or game for Tyron Matthew? And I, let me start with this. I think the guy can still play. I know that maybe we've seen some slippage. Yeah. But, 
between what he can do and the kind of leader he is, the kind of person he is that you want in your locker room, you want inspiring your defense. That means something, or at least it should. And I know you want a collection of personalities, but you need a guy like that who can set the tone. He's got that value. There's no doubt. The game has slipped a little bit. So I I guess, again, if I'm going to sit here and – you know, go either way. I'd lean towards name for the sake of this segment to, to be real with it. But he's still a good player, no doubt. But the day of him, you know, like, like he was three or four years ago where you're going, oh, my gosh, in the box, makes the tackle. Holy cow, this next play out here covering Edelman is a nickel. Whoa, the next play he's at safety, playing center field as good as anybody in the sport. No, he's not that anymore. He's not. And, and, and really, you know, it's a shame because this, he's a good football player that – you know, does have a name, and I'm sure is command like these other guys commanding a little bit more money. Going, wait, I haven't fallen off that much, but teams again when you hit that age, they're reluctant to throw that huge money at you, at least for long term packages. And I'm sure that's like you talk explained with Bobby Wagner. I would think that's going to be a little bit like Honey Badger here this off season. Wait, pick your spot, see how these teams stack up, maybe wait for an injury. But if you're not going to get offered close to what you want, you've made your money, you can be patient and an opportunity may present itself that possibly doesn't exist right now. Let's take a break. Yesterday we drafted the best quarterbacks in the AFC, a very stacked group. We're going to flip it over, mainly by way of illustration, to the NFC, the lesser conference right now, and we'll draft the quarterbacks from that group of teams when PFT Live continues right after this. It's a very deep group in the AFC, so deep that Lamar Jackson didn't leave the board until the seventh pick out of ten. Derek Carr languishing till pick eight. Matt Ryan, the new flavor of the week in Indianapolis, the ninth guy. And there's Ryan Tannehill. What do I have to do to be higher than number ten? Well, maybe you should go to the NFC where you would be. So we're going to draft the quarterbacks in the NFC today just to show how much better the quarterbacks collectively are in the AFC, you not have even a close. question for me. I've done my best to not cheat. I'm okay. not looking. I, I noticed it down there earlier, but I didn't look at it, so I have not looked at it. You're going to know this one. This is a little along the lines of what color is blue. Um, is is we know the NFC dominated right for a long time. 84 to 96, NFC wins the Super Bowls. It was the Giants, the Bears, Washington, the Cowboys, and the 49ers, and nobody else for a 13 year period. Who was the team? the last AFC team to win the Super Bowl before the NFC started that streak, Mike? It was the Raiders. Right. I know. Yeah. I yeah. Know. What yes. color is blue? Yes, exactly. Right. Right. Come on. <laughs> come on. The- uh, no, Pete. Pete, no. You got, I mean, come on. We, we both, one thing that Chris and I both know, we don't know much, but we know Super Bowl history. Yes, we do. And, uh, yeah. Well, it was Marcus Allen. It was right? Marcus Allen. And then, he had the run where he changes directions and shoots through the middle. Amazing, and, yeah. right? And what they win yeah. that game? 38-9? Right. to nine? Was it 38-9? Is that what the final score was? I think that was it. That was the Jack Squirek halftime. Yeah. Uh, they, they ran the same play, the same screen pass to Joe Washington that they ran when the two teams met in the regular season. Squirek read it, snatched it, and scored the touchdown. 38-9. Squirek on the cover of Sports Illustrated. After that one, even though Marcus Allen was the MVP. All right. Uh, oh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I, look, I don't know. Can you even debate it at this point? You still can't. He's still the best quarterback in the conference. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Tom Brady's back, but Rodgers is still the better quarterback. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, agreed. I mean, Rodgers is 
Rodgers still has the ability to like, oh, crap, everything's going bad. You can carry the team and do all that. It's not as much as it used to be. You know, he's not like we talked about yesterday, I think, in Mahomes or Josh Allen's class anymore. But in the NFC, yeah, he's the number one pick. And the number two pick, which is absolutely insane that we're saying this about a guy that's going to be 45 in August, but is Tom Brady. It is Tom Brady. There's no question about it. He is the next guy. I mean, Brady, and still, like we talked about, there's really no weakness in his game other than just getting hit. He's, it's, we saw that. And it's, it's almost, almost standard. Just you get enough, enough pressure. It doesn't have to be the greatest pressure in the world. That, that's where we see Brady falter. And that's it. Everything else is still top notch. And his arm, and he's throwing the ball like we've talked about before, as good as he ever has in his life. So Brady's his number two. It's amazing. And he retires for 40 whole days, and he's back, and who knows how much longer he'll stick around after this year. I have a feeling it's going to be more than 2022. Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl champion, all those years in Detroit where we really didn't get to see him much other than the Thanksgiving game that's tucked into that early morning where we're not paying attention, mid-afternoon time slot, we're eating dinner, we're getting ready for the Cowboy game. We finally get to really see him this past season and he elevates the Rams to a Super Bowl championship new contract he's going to be sticking around and uh, we're going to see plenty more Matthew Stafford playing at a high level for the next three four five years yeah it's another thing that just jumps out about this NFC thing is we're talking the three top quarterbacks we're, we're talking about are you know um they're 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 old there's no other way to say it they're old and then we look at the over the AFC and you go, man, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, holy crap, they're going to be around at least for another decade. It's, it's a really amazing. It's another thing that jumps out. Not only is the AFC more talented and better, they're starting the primes of their career where this group here is it's, it's going to the end. Um, all right, next one I think is Dak Prescott for me. Dak Prescott, even though it was not his best year last year, it definitely wasn't coming off the injury, battled other injuries. You know, sh- the shoulder in training camp or lat, whatever that was, the calf muscle uh, against the Patriots. And that really seemed to be the, kind of the, the turning point of the year. He was never the same after that. But still, Dak Prescott, we know the leader he is, pushed the ball down the field. He is a good athlete, can do all the quarterback design run stuff, tough as hell in the pocket. He'll be my, he's, he's my next pick. Yeah, that would have been mine too. You would have. Although okay. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Kyler Murray isn't higher I on know. the list. But when you have three straight years now, and particularly the last two, and really what happened in 2021 to start 10 and two and to have it all fall apart. Now that ankle, I think, was worse than we ever realized. Um, but but it's contrary to what we saw early in his career. Early in his career, he was very adept at avoiding contact. He's 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 not that same guy anymore. He needs to get that back. And Chris, I, I think that an issue continues to exist, a very real issue between Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And I, I doubt that it comes to a head this year, but if he doesn't get the contract he's looking for, it's going to explode next year. And there's still a chance it will explode this year. But there are real issues between Murray and the Cardinals. Wow. That's, that's uh, I, you know, we haven't heard anything. You know, it seemed like, okay, they were talking and you thought, okay, well, they'll figure it out. But uh, that'll be interesting to see. You're right. Kyle Murray. I think they realized, yeah. they, both sides realized they needed to shut up. Okay. That it was, it was going to hurt everybody if they didn't. Right. But, but I still think 
the fundamental problem is there. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Well, that'll be something to watch for because Murray seems like the kind of guy that's, you know, he's no nonsense. He's not going to take any crap. All right. Believe it or not, there is no uh-huh. question that uh-huh. the Minnesota uh-huh. Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, uh-huh. is the next pick. I mean, there's no question. That's what's amazing. It's not even a question or a debate. It's like, no, for sure, this is the sixth best quarterback in the NFC, hands down. So there you go. That proves it all right there. Well, I, I'm sure that he would like to be regarded as higher than number six, but you're right. And, and it's just a, it's a, it's a reflection of the fact that after him, who's there? Yes. We're, we're not going to have another round after the break. No. There's no, there's no more that deserve to be in that class of – of that conversation, unlike the AFC, where we could have kept even going beyond five rounds. We're going to take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. We have one more point to make, but before we get there, our good friend Mary in Atlanta, the Eagles fan, says, please say something affirming your friendship before you sign off. Us kids hate it when you dads fight. My response to her was, screw that big-headed dope. So, uh, <laughs> well said. We're... We're fine. Fine. We're fine. We, we're we we're perfectly capable about getting heated at a subject yes. and not getting heated and at not, each other. Not being mad. I've never been mad at you. That is, I can't believe that it's true, but I've never been mad at you. No, I, I don't push your luck. Okay. All right. We'll keep, see if right. we can keep it going. Quick question. If Baker Mayfield gets traded to an NFC team, does he become the next guy on our draft of top NFC quarterbacks, is he number seven? I think so. I do think he's number seven. And I just look at it right now with Carolina saying they don't want him, which I understand. I mean, they're not going to roll the dice three years in a row in quarterbacks. He's going If he's going anywhere, it's Seattle. Uh, so, yes, yeah. I think he would be seven. Un- unless I'm still holding out hope, and I know it's unrealistic, but I just hope John Dorsey is buddy-boying his way around the Lions hey, facility to try to get them to bring in Baker Mayfield. He would be perfect buddy-boy. He's my buddy boy, my boy Blue. See you tomorrow. (laughs) See ya. Have a great day. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.